I was a warrior who dreamed he could bring peace. Sooner or later, though, you always have to wake up. Hello, movie lovers. Welcome to another episode of the Does It Hold Up podcast, where we talk about some of your favorite movies of all time and decide if they still hold up. And if you don't agree with us, that's perfectly fine. (laughs) That's discourse, and we love it. I'm Adam. And I'm Emily. And this week we are traveling back to 2009 in honor of a movie that is in your theaters as you are listening to this. Um, We will also be checking it out and hopefully we'll have a review up on our YouTube channel Mm -hmm. this weekend. We're talking about Avatar Way of the Water comes out this weekend. So in honor of that, we are going back to 2009 to talk about the original Avatar. Yeah. (laughs) I gave nothing away. It's just a long movie. It's it's a long sit. It is so long. (laughs) I'm not looking forward to the fact that Avatar Way of the Water is three hours and 12 minutes long. Why do they need to be that long? Listen, you don't question James Cameron. Apparently not. I questioned James Cameron a few times in my life when he puts out new movies. Yeah. And he proves me wrong every time. Oh, yeah. So I'm just like, you want to know what, dude? Just whatever the hell you want to do, just do it. I, I don't care anymore. Yeah. I'll, I'll see it. <laughs> it's, if he was like, hey, here's a seven hour movie with no intermissions. And if you get up to pee in the middle of this movie, you will be gutted like a fish. And I'd be like, okay, I'll see it. I don't care. I would be like, dude, just make it into a miniseries. Nope. Dude, James Cameron does whatever he wants. It's why he has some of like the highest grossing films of all time, including this movie which we will get to when we talk about the box office. Yeah. All right. So if you guys don't remember what Avatar is all about, Jake Sully is a paraplegic who is a former Marine. His brother was going to be a scientist slash test subject for on an alien planet called Pandora for something where he would pilot an avatar of the native people, the Navi. But his brother is unceremoniously killed, so Jake has to step in and do that. Which is cool for him, because he gets his legs back Mm -hmm. when he's the Avatar. And he's going to basically help the military take over this planet, because it's got a thing on it called Unobtainium, which is worth a lot of money. I have no idea what it does. It's just worth a lot of money. Yep. So, he gets piloted this Avatar, but he falls in love with Neytiri who is a native Navi of Pandora, Mm -hmm. and he switches sides. And he's like, nah, you want to know what? I'm all in. Let's let's be a tall blue dude. And we're going to fight against my own people. Yeah. It is not a subtle movie by any means. No. (laughs) It is in your face with this stuff. So, yeah. Fun times. That's all I can say. Fun times. Yeah. Um, And that's it. He gets accepted into the people. He's looked at as, like, their savior. And he helps fight off the U.S. military. So now that we're all caught up on Avatar and the concept of the movie and how it went, and we get a lot of lot of cool stuff in the meantime, like Sigourney Weaver's in it, and she's a scientist, and she does some cool things, and some really beautiful creatures. And this movie, if you don't remember what the whole like hook of this movie was, is you had to see it in 3D or like IMAX because it was, it was made all for those things. Like, It was all computer generated, basically. Like 30% of the movie is live action. 70% of the movie, I don't know what the actual percentage is. But like 70% of the movie is all CGI. It's all motion capture 
created stuff. Mm-hmm. That was like the hook. And I want to see what he does in the new one. All right. So, first up, we're going to talk about those critics. Did they like it? Did they love it? Or did they hate it mm-hmm. in 2009? And for that, we go to Roger Ebert. Yep. Roger Ebert gave this four stars. <sighs> Roger. Yeah. <laughs> but I imagine... I. I, I I don't know what you're going to say next. I know you we, you always pull that quote. Mm-hmm. I imagine he probably gave it four stars more for the technical aspect of the film than he did for the film itself. But I could be wrong. So let me know. Uh, so this is a quote from his review of that movie. It is, Watching Avatar, I felt sort of the same as when I saw Star Wars in 1977. That was another movie I walked into with uncertain expectations. James Cameron's film has been subject to relentlessly dubious advanced buzz, just as his Titanic was. Once again, he has silenced the doubters simply by delivering an extraordinary film. No, he absolutely just loved this movie. He goes in... Yeah, but, like... Go ahead. And I, This is just part of the, the uh, review for him. Instead of really, like, discussing the movie, he, most of his review is just explaining what happens in the movie. So I honestly think he just... because a lot happens in the movie. It does. So... A lot, and yet still a little yeah. happens in this movie. But I everything that I saw from him was just positive, positive, positive. positive. He didn't say a negative dang thing well, about it. Don't get me wrong. As a filmmaker, as somebody who has been working in the industry for... What year are we in? Like eight <laughs> years now? It's, it's a master class. So as a film lover, this movie's fantastic. Four stars across the board. As an audience member, I'm not sure it quite gets there. Yeah. Well, talking about critics versus audience. Yeah. I have the Rotten Tomatoes score as well. The critics gave it an 82%. Well, currently it has an 82. Currently. They didn't give it then. But. Okay. So, okay. So, 82. That's, that's pretty low. For something like this, it seems low. What's the audience have it? Audience has it at? And 82. 82, 82? 82, 82. Wow. Yeah. Okay. They That's agree. Surprising. Yeah. I mean, it's visually stunning, but it is just so long. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when you're sitting here going, Roger Ebert gave it four stars, mm-hmm. you, you're you thinking, all right, well, critics nowadays must have it at like 90, 90 plus. To have it at 82 seems rather low. I wonder if newer critics coming into it are just not as in love with it because it's not a technical masterclass. I mean, it's still great, but not like we've seen stuff like that. Like you watch yeah. Avengers Endgame, Thanos looks like he is in that world. He's mixed with live action. It's great. So technology has advanced so far that maybe the appeal of Avatar is not is lost. Well, on yeah. Some of the new I mean, critics. a lot of people were wondering if this movie is actually all that good or was it just a gimmick movie where Everyone right. had to see it, and it was so great because it was made for that 3D made and that for the IMAX. 3D and the IMAX, it was huge. It was made for that. So, does the movie actually is the movie actually good, or do was we it just, just have rose colored glasses on because yeah. of the technology? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. What else you got? Uh, last thing I have is the cinema cinema score. So, so, the cinema score for those of you that don't know, if this is your first time listening to the pod, it is based on the audience who saw this movie opening weekend. It's 
in select theaters around the nation, mostly in LA, CinemaScore hands out scorecards after you leave the movie, and it's basically comparing your expectations to what you got in the movie. It's not saying, was this movie awesome or was it terrible? You can add that in there, but it's mostly about expectations were they met. Yeah. And then you get a grade, F to A, based on if they were met. This movie got an A. Just an A? Just an A. They got okay. an A. I mean, that's... It, they expected a crazy... CGI movie? CGI movie about blue aliens, and they I'm got actually it. shocked. I thought it was going to be an A+. I mean, I feel like I got exactly out of this movie in 2009 what I expected to get out of this movie in 2009. I'm wondering if the long two hours and 40 minutes or whatever it is... I think it's over three. I don't think this one is. I think it's just shy of three. Oh, uh, it definitely feels like over yeah. three. <laughs> um... I'm just wondering if that hurt it a little bit it could or be. the or drawn just, outness yeah. of some of the scenes were just like, oh God, I just want to do the cool flying of things. Let's go. Probably. Okay. All right. So next we're going to talk about box office a little bit because I love numbers and I hope you guys love numbers too. And if you don't, that's okay. I'm still going to talk about them. All right. So the box office, we, this movie's huge. Like everybody who knows movies knows this is the highest grossing movie of all time. Of all time. But its budget was an estimated $237 million. That's huge. That's insane. Yeah. No wonder this movie couldn't get made in the 90s. Nobody (laughs) was going to fund that. Um, Actually, fun little fact about the box office. James Cameron originally wanted to make this movie in the 90s, like right around the time he made Titanic. In fact, when he made Titanic, this movie was already an 80-page treatment that he was trying to shop around to get made. (laughs) But because the technology wasn't as advanced as it was in 2009 or that era, it would have cost an estimated $400 million plus to make because they would have had to design brand new technology and hire a bunch of people to basically create something. Damn. Would have been a $400 million plus movie in yeah. the 90s. That's why nobody would fund it until Cameron proved himself with Titanic. And then in 2002, studios were like, hey, let's take a look at that script. And then it eventually started getting made. This movie took four years to make. (laughs) Four years. It was in post-production for three years. Damn. All right, anyway. uh, Domestically, this movie took in $785,221,649. Crazy. Mm -hmm. But that's through re-release. You know, it's been released quite a few. It was just released this year, actually. Really? Took in domestically another like 25 million plus this year to like prepare for the new one. Theaters were playing again. Took in like another 25 million. So that number's a little inflated just because of having it throughout all these years. Worldwide, it brought in 2,910,284,102. Dang. Insane. Yeah. When you look at a total box office for, like, a calendar year for theaters, we hit, like, 9 to $10 billion, right? Mm-hmm. This movie did $3 billion by itself worldwide. It's insane. Um, some other stuff is $2.12 million worldwide, roughly. So it definitely was a bigger movie outside the U.S. and Canada. Yeah. We saw it. We thought it was good. But when you look at it, like, 785 domestic is like, that's fine. But, you know, Top Gun Maverick this year also made 700 and something million. 
here in the U.S. Yeah. Avengers Endgame did like $850 million here in the U.S. and Canada. So this movie definitely had greater appeal overseas than it did at home. Home video? Home video. This is insane. It's home video gross estimated $430 million. That is more than some movies make in theaters. That's just its home release. Mm-hmm. Adjusted for inflation. Now, this one's a little bit hard because it's adjusting the entire gross for inflation, even though not all of this gross came from 2009. Yeah. But adjusted for inflation, it's 929879724 domestic. Hmm. It's almost a billion dollars domestically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is obviously the highest grossing film of all time. Um, it got that crown from Titanic in from 1997. Titanic was the highest grossing, another James Cameron film. This took the title. Then Avengers Endgame came out in 2019 and took the title by like $3 million only. It was a really close race. Mm-hmm. But then this movie was re-released in 2020. Yeah. And then also, or not 2020. 2021 and then also re-released in 2022 so that it could take back the crown (laughs) and now it's beating them by like 40 million or something like that you're not allowed to play with my toys but at the end of the day it's like disney owns both these properties so they're just they're fine let them battle but also endgame had never endgame got a small re-release with like some added stuff but just wait 10 years from now when endgame gets another release it'll take the spot back easily oh yeah absolutely what i'm interested to know though the last two films, because James Cameron has only made two films since ni- the 90s, 97. Mm-hmm. Titanic and Avatar. Yeah. Titanic went on to be the highest grossing movie of all time. Then it was beat by his own movie, Avatar. I, I'm i excited to see if Avatar Way of the Water can do the same thing. Can it keep it going? You know? This is going to be another one of those things where it's like, is it a good enough movie to do it? Or right, cause people soured on the whole premise of it on this many years off 13 years yeah 13 years 12 years between titanic and avatar now 13 years and knowing this one is this one gonna be over three hours three hours 12 minutes yeah that that might tower people 100 percent. where they're like they'll watch it once to get the yeah experience of it but then they'll just wait till it comes out yeah it's gonna be hard too because theaters can't play it as much at three hours you're losing at least one showing a day over the entire day by having it be so long. Yeah. So it's going to have to have legs. It's going to have to play a long time. But again, his last two movies, this is why I don't doubt him. Like, I don't know. It's it's weird. That's why we wanted to talk about this one, though, because there's so much going into Avatar Way of the Water that it was like, God, I can't. I, we got to get into it. Mm-hmm. All right. So next up is characters and actors playing those characters. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go ahead and walk us through who you want to talk about? I want to talk about Grace, played by Sigourney Weaver. What do you think? Um, yeah. First of all, Sigourney Weaver, just she's fine. She's great. Love her. She's always good in pretty much everything except for Aliens Three, but we don't talk about that movie. Uh, it was a little weird for me. Her in this. I don't feel like the role was made for her. Um, And I I believe some interviews with Cameron will back me up because he didn't want to hire Weaver 
because he didn't want it to feel like it was just, well, I'm casting the chick I had in Aliens. <laughs> so, whatever. Like, he wanted somebody new, fresh face, something different. And he went back to her, and I feel like it's kind of evident in the movie. This character is written really well, but I don't think Cameron really pushed Weaver to bring it, bring something new. She feels very similar to other roles she's played. Even Ripley in Aliens, this feels like a a weird offshoot of that character for her. So I I think I like the character more than I like Weaver's performance of the character. I would have loved to see an, an, an unknown or a lesser known actress go into that role to see what they could bring to it. See, I really enjoy her, like, chemistry with everyone. That, I think, is what gets me the most about this character, is I, I love the character. I think she's great. I think she's written really well. I think she feels very realistic. And I think she has genuine connections with the other characters that she's with that grows over time. Yeah. Like, you can tell, like, viscerally she's angry at, you know, the the head... The, corporate guy whose name i'm blanking on right now (laughs) (laughs) it's all good um and her enjoyment of jake grows over time and you can really see that and feel that so i think she did well that way but i can agree that it it is kind of like a copy and paste yeah and yeah i mean that's just a sign of a good actress to like have that chemistry like she's a good actress she was great in this movie i just think it should have been somebody else and i think it was meant to be somebody else okay all right who else you want to talk about uh colonel miles quaritch 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 uh by stephen lang i love stephen lang he was so good he's so he (laughs) is the perfect military bad guy of like okay i'll shoot you if you get in the way and he and he means it Mm -hmm. and like i felt it when he said it and then later he does it Oh, and dude, you're like, oh. He plays the badass so well. So and it's so convincing. My one problem with him is he's so, like, cliche. I mean, a little bit. But I feel like everybody in this movie, and we'll, we'll get into that as we yeah, keep going. Everybody is very cliche. They are, Sigourney Weaver's character was, I'm a scientist. And I Nothing hate else matters. everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I just... Something about him in particular yeah. rubs me that way, where it's okay. just like, you are so one note because you are the bad guy that... Maybe it's just because he does it so well. Could be. That so you just well. don't want to like him. Yeah. <laughs> where you're just like, God, you're so one note, I hate you so much. Yeah. But in reality, it's like, now nah, he's got like two or three layers. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not always the quick to just pull out a gun and, and pop you one. You know, he, he's definitely buddy-buddy with our main protagonist early in the movie. Because he's like, yeah, you're the best. You're doing it. I wish I you're had more like you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so he's definitely buddy-buddy. And then we watch him slowly become, like, robotic of, I must complete the mission. Yeah. But also just Stephen Lang, man. Just what <sighs> a brilliant performance in this. Dude, I love a lot of other when things. he talks about uh, how he got those big scratches on the side yes. of his face. And he's like, yeah, I kind of like it. Yeah. You know? It makes me pretty, you know? He's like, I could have went home and got fixed, but uh, I didn't want to. Yeah. 
I like it. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's I, all you need to know about that character in mm-hmm. that moment. That's pretty early on. Yeah. And then he lives up to that. Yes, Where he it's does. just like, nothing stops him. And it's great. Going on, we're going to get to our top two of Natiri by Zoe Saldana. Yeah. Um, listen, people people <laughs> love her. People love Zoe Saldana. Yeah. Saldana, whatever, however you pronounce her name. Yeah. People love her. I don't get the hype. I have never gotten the hype. I think her best performance is when she smacks Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean. And I'm good with everything else that she's ever done, not having her in it. I, I just, I never see the, the appeal of her. I don't think she adds anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I, I'm i not a fan of hers. And yeah. I, I'm not a fan of her in this movie either. I think the character's interesting. It's a huge Pocahontas ripoff, which game, James Cameron himself will, will admit to. Mm-hmm. He saw Pocahontas and he was like, hey. What if I they were aliens? Able, yeah, I might be able to do that, but better. Um, I just don't think she brings that much to it. I think she's just flat the whole time. She's very flat, although I love the way she says certain things. <laughs> but see, I don't. That's the thing. The line reads for me are weird because I feel like she's emphasizing, and I get she's an alien, but at the same time, we need to connect in some way. And it's like, why are you overemphasizing the wrong words when you're trying to get a point across? Because English like, isn't her first language. Yeah, but she does it in her own language, too. And I don't know how they talk. But again, it's supposed to be, like, relatable. Yeah. Where I understand what's kind of the context of what she's saying. And I just don't. Because, like, if she was, like, the dog is barking. You you know, you want, like, the dog is barking. And she'd be, like, the dog is barking. <laughs> And you're like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? I just, I can't get behind her in this movie. I think the character's interesting where she's just like, ooh, fresh meat. I'm going to take you home to my parents and make you my bitch. You know, like, it's a really interesting character. It's a very powerful character. Zoe Saldana just doesn't do it for me. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Let me know. Let me know on on all the socials that you'll find out at the end, the YouTube and TikTok and Twitter and all that stuff. Tell me how wrong I am. But I don't like her in Guardians (laughs) of the Galaxy. I didn't like her in The Losers. I don't like her in this. She's normally pretty flat on all of her performances. And it's like they're... This movie's kind of hard, too, because you're, like, entirely CGI for the entire movie. So emoting probably I not mean, the best have you but. seen Gollum in Lord of the Rings played by Andy Serkis like he in the, his in his first appearance in Lord of the Rings he has way less screen time than Natiri. Mm-hmm. he might even have less screen time in the entire trilogy than oh, Natiri yeah. has in this movie yet I'm connected to that character more I think the performance is better I just I don't I don't I can't get behind it some of the other Navi I think give better performances than she does yeah she she definitely is it just flat yeah but i feel the same way in every movie like her as Gamora in guardians of the galaxy same thing that's no, pretty much the same character too yeah, I'm just like i don't care yeah so sorry guys i i just i really just can't get behind her as an actress i don't think she's great and it's insane to me that she's part of the mcu and avatar yeah and uh, you get to watch her again <laughs> yay Get to watch her twice, because she's going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and Avatar Way of the Water. <sighs> so fun. Anyway, what do you think about her and the character? I kind of monopolized this time. I was going to say, I already, I already said. But you just agree? Yeah. All right. I didn't know if you had more than that. 
Uh, oh yeah, I can see what I've written down. Yeah, I was like, I kind of liked her performance, but her character is very bland. Like, just something mm. about it is just so bland. Yeah, it's her. Yeah. It's fine. All right. What are, what's next? Uh, the main guy, Jake Sully, by Sam Worthington. Listen, <laughs> I'm gonna get a lot of hate. He sucks. And I, a lot of people agree. do agree. That's not what I'm going to get the hate on. But it's like, if your two main protagonists are bad at their jobs, your two main actors are bad at their jobs, how did this movie get good? How did people want to go watch this more than once? Because you only make that much money if people are repeat viewings. I couldn't know. They're awful. I... He is. You want to talk about flat and boring? Jake Sully is flat and boring. He gets like one good line in the whole movie and the rest of it, I don't even remember he's there. <laughs> I wrote down a character you can both get behind, but also get bored with. <laughs> I don't even know if I can get behind him. I can't just because some of the things he does is like, ah, oh, that's kind of cool. Meh. But I'm bored watching you do it. Yeah. He's not a good actor. Yeah. The character's cool though. Like I like the idea of a paraplegic who gets put into an avatar who can move freely and stuff. And that whole idea of like what kind of freedom that must be for him now after all these years. And just the, the idea of his character. Great. Sam Worthington behind the character. I hope he's better in part two. Yeah. Well, That's he's all had I can say 13 years to get better. Yeah. But did you watch like clash of Ti clash of the Titans? No. Yeah. I don't think he's going to get better. <laughs> so, Sorry, guys, I do really, like, didn't like some of the the acting, I guess. Yeah. All right. I mean, clearly I didn't either. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's get into the movie part, though. Let's go into our what holds up section. You want to start? Go for it. Sure. Uh, I thought it was an interesting spin on a story we all know. Uh, a lot of it is cliché because it's basically all regurgitated and just copy and pasted, but it's done in a somewhat new way. Mm. Like, okay. they, they added enough new so that it wasn't, like, just regurgitation. Yeah, <laughs> I gotcha, I gotcha. All right. What if I told you the one good thing about this movie is the visuals? Uh, I have that written down as it's, well. It's, <laughs> like, it's stunning. It's yeah. such a cool world, right? Mm -hmm. Like, holy sh... I want to go there. For, yeah, that's why, why they I go there? That's why they made the world in, in uh, was it Disneyland Disney or Land, Disney, world? Disney World? I don't know. Where, one, one of those of where you can go to Pandora? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, 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 no. I want to go to Pandora. I don't want to go to a screen. I want to go to Pandora. I mean, they have, like, figures Yeah, but if stuff. I touch the flower, does it shrink? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, but it might poison you. It's fair. Um, I, yeah. I wrote down uh, interesting design for both the world and the animals, both beautiful yet deadly. Well, the the world's not deadly. The, the world can be deadly. Sure. Like what though? You don't he know. touches everything and doesn't die. But that's because he's in his avatar body. He doesn't the, get their hurt. physiology is made for that world. I don't know, man. If that's you touched it as a human, you might die. Well, he does. He does go out as a human. So do others. They don't die. Yeah, because the they don't touch everything. Them. The air kills them, though, apparently. Yeah. Which is oh. kind of a really cool thing. Like, I'm glad that they stuck to that in the movie, mm -hmm. where it was just like, okay, you can, you will start losing your oxygen in 30 seconds, and in four minutes, you will pass out and die. 
So I like, was going to say, you pass out in 30 seconds, you four minutes in, you'll dead. Oh, something like you'll that. Be I don't remember yeah. exactly what was said, but I like that they set that up because then they stick to it in the movie. Like Stephen Lang's character, he constantly is going out into the air. Uh-huh. But he, like, he holds his breath. It, he holds his breath. Yeah. And then count it. And all of a sudden he's like, all right, I need air. And he puts his little mask on. You always see him getting redder yeah. as the scene goes on too. Because he's Great actually detail. holding his breath. Yeah. Great detail. Great detail. Um, yeah, it's just a beautiful world. Like, let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Um, I like the messaging in the movie. You know, obviously nature is important. We have mm-hmm. to protect. Let's not just go. You know, it's obviously a, a metaphor for the history of the U.S. Yeah. I mean, it even has a U.S. flag in the briefing room. Yeah. Well, it's not it's a the flag. window. It's yeah. not a flag. It's the window, but it's definitely a flag. Yeah. It even has the number 50 on it for the amount of stars. <laughs> um, I don't know if you saw that, but it's there. I didn't see the 50. you have to no. go back and watch. Um, but like, the message is great. Protect the environment. Don't just slaughter natives for no reason because you want something that's under their land. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man. Be better than that. Yeah. So that's cool. And uh, it's like, it's also cool. I love the messaging of like, hey, instead of, you know, trying to force you on them because the CEO guy, the, the smarmy guy, even mentions like, we tried to give them medicine. We tried to give them religion. We tried to teach them and they wouldn't accept it. And it's like, instead of doing that, Jake goes and learns from them and then they share the learning instead of forcing it. Yeah. Like, that's just great. It's just, it's great. Oh, Wonderful yeah. messaging. Oh, yeah. Uh, I put that the main character was a good choice of, like, the style of character. So, like, a a paraplegic marine. So, has no idea anything about this world. We get to learn about this world through him and his experiences in it. But it was done more naturally than a lot of other movies do. Where they have that, this is your character that you have to, like, follow. Because we need to tell you a whole bunch of exposition. Yeah. But it was like, this kind of makes sense because... None of the humans actually really know what this world is like until the, he goes with the other uh, Navi and they teach him. And it's like, oh, that makes sense. We're humans. We're learning from the Navi like yeah. he is. Yeah. So I thought they did a pretty good job with that. Also with the whole paraplegic thing where it obviously makes it makes more sense. With the, right off the bat. Well, you know? I was going to go more for the whole it makes more sense that he wants to stick with his avatar body because he can actually move. Yeah. So... It could see why it he becomes addicted to that world yeah, we're rather gonna than ours. we get into that a little bit later in the doesn't hold up section. Oh, okay. Um, I like the scientist. I like the character, but not just Sigourney Weaver scientist. Also, her little counterpart Norm. He's, he's I great. love Norm. Yeah, he's great. I don't. I don't understand the fifteen minutes where he goes real. Bitchy. I do. I do. I, I it's get very it, but then realistic. He switches back like so quick. Like it was almost felt unnecessary, but. He pulls it off really well. Yeah. And, like, you can understand it, whether or not it makes sense to do it, you can still get behind, you can still get it. Yeah, it's one of those things where I feel like that was another plot point that they were supposed to have, but realized halfway through, they're like, frick, we have, like, 16 different plot points we need to and get through. all bad guys, maybe we should put somebody else back on Jake's side. Yeah, yeah. maybe maybe we uh, cut this one halfway through. Like, they started to film him being bad, and it was going to be, like, this whole ordeal. And then we were like, we don't have time Right, like, that. it was something that was left <laughs> over from an early draft yeah. that they just forgot to remove, and yeah. they just left it in. So, like, but he does a really good job with it, and the character's really cool, too, because it's like, 
he's not the main scientist. He looks up to Sigourney Weaver's mm-hmm. Dr. Augustine. And, like, he really, he just loves this planet. Oh, yeah. He knows the language. Right, he like, he's all about it. Has spent so many hours doing pre-dives. Like, he is so ready for this. So yeah. It makes sense to me that he's jealous. Yeah, of, they like, just should have, like, I'm just, I'm not mad that they did it. It's like, if you're going to do it, though, do it. Yeah, Like, go full on in it, yeah. on it for a little while. It was just so, like, I hate you, and I'm jealous, and ugh. And then literally the next scene, he's like, let me teach you the language and show you all the good things. That's good. Like, At least doing? Sigourney Weaver's uh, character of Grace, her transformation makes more sense because it's like, she doesn't like me, but now I can get her what she wants and in with the people again. Yeah. So she's being nice to me. Exactly. She even explains it like that. And it's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> exactly. So I, I really liked that whole character. I think he was great. Side, yeah. side character. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it huh. for me. Do you have more? Yeah, hold on. I have hair in my mouth. Dog <laughs> hair in my mouth. My other thing is that this movie is beyond colorful, uh, but that kind of goes along with the world yeah. that it is. But they didn't have to make it as just bright colorful as they did. For sure. For sure. But that's one of the things that I like about James Cameron is he really focuses heavily on details and trying to make things like accurate and correct and it's like yes a lot of things in even our nature that are super colorful are deadly yeah so um, th- having that be in this world makes a lot of sense and makes us kind of connect with it speaking of of color right do you think it's a little hard to get through this movie because everything's blue and blue is such a calming color that it kind of puts you at ease and almost i definitely almost zone, fell asleep yeah right like it's <laughs> I don't know if blue was the right choice for these characters because it's not engaging enough. It's either that or he went with blue simply because he wanted to make us sympathetic towards well, them. Like his, they're going to be the good words, guys. He likes the color blue. That's always the so. thing I, I love talking about when we're di- like, when you have to discuss a book or a movie in like great detail and everyone's like, why do you think they chose the color blue? Well, blue means this, 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 and this. And then you just go to the filmmaker or the writer and they're like, oh, I just like the color blue. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, <laughs> it finally happened. Yeah. He, he said there was other reasons, but mostly it's because he just likes the color blue. Yeah. I just feel like it kind of could be a detriment because it's a little bit too calming and is weird. So I don't know. Um, other things that I have, um, I like the confrontation Jake has at the end of the movie with, like, towards the end of the movie, I should say, with the Na'vi, mm-hmm. when it's kind of like, yo, y'all need to leave, and they're like, get out. And then the whole battle happens, and people are killed, and the way Natiri's like, leave, and don't ever come back. Yeah. And the way he's, like, hurt in that moment... And then also his rousing speech at the end. I love that he gives it in English and just gets it translated. Yeah. Because it's like, yes, he knows the language, but he couldn't get as impassioned in their language. Mm -hmm. He couldn't say exactly what he wanted to say in their language. So it's just, again, that small detail of like, he reverted back to what he knows so he could get his point across. Yeah. And I love it. Um, I also just like the whole idea of him switching sides. But, like, not for no reason. You know, if we're going to compare this to Pocahontas, it's like, John Smith switches sides because... Or she sang a song. Reasons? Like, Colors <laughs> of the Wind, I guess? Where this one at least makes sense. He's seen the world. He's learning their ways. He's ridden those animals. He's 
he's like in their world now. He's a part of it. Yeah. So for him to switch sides is like, yeah, makes sense. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad it wasn't just out of nowhere like, oh, well, I had sex with that blue girl, so I'm on her side now. Yep. It's like, yeah, that's part of it, but there's so much more. So much more to it. Yeah. So it, I, I do appreciate that they expanded on that from the Pocahontas movie. <laughs> yeah. And I really like, I have, I have actually quite a few more things. Uh, looks like three, actually. Hold on. <laughs> Only three. Um, I really like the end battle. I think it's it's smart. Mm-hmm. I like that it's split between on the ground and in the air. I think the air battle is awesome. Um, I like that the world itself is like, hey, we're getting fought, so we're going to send animals. We're yeah. going to send the creatures who, who get involved. And I like that the Na'vi are just, they're so outmatched. And the movie doesn't try to hide that. It's not no. like, oh, we have the advantage because we surprised them or whatever crap. It's like, yeah, you had the advantage for about 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like, nah, nah, y'all dead. Until until the, the rest of up. the creatures who are all armored and mm-hmm. vicious and show up. And then it's like, they're there to kill. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> and which leads into a wonderful, I like that they didn't end it on this big, huge battle. I mm-hmm. like that it also got personal. It was Jake yeah. versus the colonel at the end. One Added on one. in with Natiri. Yeah, like just so good great transition into that moment too so um i also just love stephen lang um we're not going to really talk about him that much later so i just wanted to get him in here but what a great actor what a great character really like what works for him as a a villain for me in this movie is he's a soldier Mm -hmm. this is his job can i fault him for that right like he's a bad guy but how bad is he? Is He's just kind of doing what he's told. Sure, he goes a little overboard, but it's one of those, like, he's been a military man his entire life. This is all he knows. Yeah. How much can we really blame him? Uh, you blame him for the pleasure he takes in it. Yes. Which is what I think makes him a very interesting character and why I put him in my holds up because that's so real. You know, I know a lot of military guys, and I've met some like that. They they enjoy being in the military, and they go above and beyond when they're asked to do things sometimes, whether wrong or right. Yeah. So I just, I really like him. And my last thing is, I like that it has some heart in it. It's not just, go get, mi- go get mineral, end battle, stuff happens. <laughs> you know, like, it's actually like, Here's some scientific stuff, and it's on this. And we're showing you this pretty, pretty world, this big, beautiful place. But don't forget that, like, there's some heart. The guy who Natiri, I don't remember his name, uh, Tuse, Sute, mm. Sute. Um, he was supposed to be like the Grand Elder guy. He's supposed to take over mm-hmm. running the Navi with Natiri by his side. Yeah. And this new guy comes in, and you feel his pain. Like that's that's good. You feel Natiri's hurt when her father dies. Oh, yeah. And tells Jake to leave and never come back. The guy she's mated with. Yeah. Has is betrayed the cause them. of that. Yeah. Like, there's some deep heart in this movie. And I'm, I was shocked by that when I saw it in 2009. And I was shocked again when I saw it now. I, I didn't have as much of a reaction as See, it sounds I, like, like you did. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, like, James Cameron's Titanic has zero heart for me. 
it's a spectacle. That movie's a spectacle. I don't... It's not a good heartfelt story. It's like, oh, look, the dude's hooked up for like a day. <laughs> Great. See, for me, I always get upset by the other people that you see drown, basically. Yeah. That's the part that always gets me, yeah. is like seeing the old what, people cuddling. That's what I feel like this movie had, too. Some of the, just those little moments of yeah. heart. So, yeah, I had some good stuff that held up in this movie. Yes. Uh, but now we get to go into the fun part of what doesn't hold up. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, for me, some of the Navi CGI doesn't look great, especially when they're moving fast. Like, it just doesn't hold up. And that's... This is the thing that we constantly get into, is CGI, no matter how great it is in the moment, will never fully hold up. They look flat in times. Yeah. They look flat in times. They look, like, almost blurry in other times, where it's just like, oh. I don't... Yeah, I didn't really like the shine on them. It was yeah. like this weird, like, they always had, like, a light source directly on them. They just looked shiny. Yeah. And it, I didn't I didn't understand it. I didn't get it. I don't know why. It, I don't know. They just some Something about it is off. And even the creatures, while most of them look really, really good, some of them have those moments of just like, ooh. They, uh, oh. Yeah, they feel a little weightless. Like yeah. They're, they're not, you can tell that they're not actually there in the scene. Yeah. Which makes sense. It's all computer generated, but like there's no weight, no force behind them sometimes. And other mm -hmm. times, it does look amazing. Oh, yeah. I will agree. There's yeah. definitely sometimes that the CGI looks way better than it has any right to. Correct. But it for a movie that was based entirely on CGI, it's like, oh, so when some of it doesn't work, it takes you out of the experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's boring. Yeah. This movie's boring. I, the story's boring. Like, there's moments of like, yes, I'm in. But for a near three-hour movie, uh, 65 to 70% of it is just boring. Mm-hmm. And I don't care. I'm Everything takes forever. Yeah. yeah. Every story beat takes forever. And I just can't get invested that much then. It's like, this movie does a really good job of pulling me in in moments, mm -hmm. but then can't hold me. It just immediately pushes me away again. Yeah. And that's what I noticed watching it this time. One thing I want to ask is, would this movie be better served as a miniseries? No. Really? Yeah. Because I definitely have points in the movie where I'm like, end part one, uh, begin part two. Absolutely. I mean, there's literally a fade like to black. But you're looking at like 20 minute things then only. Like, if this mm. was an eight hour movie, then yeah, miniseries for sure. But 245 or whatever it is, I just don't see it. I don't know. I think, I think it would just be a little more pout palatable pal uh palatable palatable uh palpable. either <laughs> one it's fine um uh in shorter bursts yeah i just feel like they would they would stretch it too much then they would have to have unnecessary filler and they already have unnecessary filler yeah so what are you gonna do like here's an entire hour-long episode about them mating i like i don't understand you know they probably would yeah, do that yeah they would, do that. <laughs> they would probably have an orgy or some weird thing yeah. just to extend the runtime yeah um for me the story is just all over the place yeah it's the colonization the love story the politics behind getting this min mineral the science of it the learning this new world like there's just so much going on yeah that it feels like they didn't have enough time for any one thing and yet it, everything felt super slow <laughs> it just it doesn't hit a good mixture with its uh pacing no so 
you just lose it halfway through. I'm like, uh, I'm so done with this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a couple cliche things at you in my doesn't hold up section. And I want your initial reaction to when I say it. Okay. Military is bad. Oh, yeah. That's, that is major in this movie. White savior complex. Is the entire point of the movie. Sam Worthington. Sure. (laughs) I didn't know he was a cliche, but okay. Well, he's a cliche in this movie. Uh, Racism. Yeah. I mean, easily, because the one guy constantly calls them savages. Or blue monkeys. Or blue monkeys. Yes. (laughs) Um, And then, basically, missionaries. Yeah. I mean, that's all that Grace is. And while she thinks she does it for the best, they don't necessarily see it that way. And you also, like I said earlier, you get that scene of him being like, we tried to give them medication and religion and Mm -hmm. and knowledge and they didn't take it. Oh, yeah. All mercenaries are like, uh, especially like religious or whatever, are all like, we gave them all these wonderful things and yet they still deny us. And it's like, yeah, you're Mm -hmm. just trying, you're forcing yourself on them. Oh, yeah. They like the way they live. Let them live that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those are just things that I was just like, God, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't. And I didn't like, I don't know. I just hated every single one of those aspects of this film. They just bothered me. Oh, yeah, no. Dude, the the main uh, guy whose name, let me one second. What main guy? Parker, the head of the company or whatever yeah. that's doing it. Giovanni Rabisi's character. He is so cliche of being that like money hungry business guy. And that's all he is, no matter yeah. what. Except yeah. for the end when they kill a whole bunch of them. And he's like, oh, crap, what'd I do? Yeah, we should probably leave or whatever. Yeah, let's just let's just go. Because we get that weird shot on him at the end when they're all getting on the ship to leave. And we just focus on him staring at, like, Look, Jake. Looking sadly at yeah, him. Yeah, like... and you're like, shut up and get on the ship, you idiot. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's so weird. Yeah, it's just... But the white savior complex is really just what kills me for this movie, mixed with the racism. Yeah, there's. I feel like there's a way you gotta do that better where it's like... Uh, like, why did what? he have to be the savior? Why couldn't it be like he helped give them knowledge, but somebody else, like, he didn't have to be the leader. Sute could have been the leader. Yeah, he Jake didn't have to become the... him some knowledge. Makto. Yeah. The Rider of the Last Shadow. Yeah, it was just a little too far. Yeah, it definitely made it where it was just like, without this guy, you guys would have died oh, completely. Oh yeah, you would have been murdered so fast, obliterated, and they would have mined your planet to death, and then you, the whole planet would have exploded. And it's not like you couldn't get, like, help Natiri become the Turok Makto? Yeah, like, well, you... she was going to become the uh, Sashik. Sure, but doesn't mean she couldn't be that writer who brought all of them together. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Super weird. I don't know. Super weird. What else you got in your doesn't hold up section? That was all my stuff. Yeah, it was just the last bit of the military guy seems like a caricature. But we already kind of discussed that. No, he's great. You don't... Keep that out of your mouth. I mean... He's great. He seems very stereotypical. You're stereotypical. Sure. In in what you say. I I got nothing. Okay. (laughs) I'm just trying to defend Stephen Lang here. Yeah, that that's pretty much all I have in my doesn't hold up. All right, that's fair. Uh, you want to go picking some nits in the orchard? Yeah, let's uh, let's go nitpicking. All right, cool. Um, so one thing that really bothers me, hmm. the Navi speak English. Oh, they, it's because they were taught that in the schools. They don't speak it well. No, no, Nateri speaks it pretty damn well. But you also see her in the pictures of the school, so she was obviously nah. like the first one there. Hate it. 
Hate it. <laughs> uh, unobtainium? Really? Yeah. That's, that's what you named it? Like, any name in the world, and you chose unobtainium. So, doing research for this movie, uh, knowing we're going to do a podcast about it, in fact, that's used in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's used in real life, too. Unobtainium? Really? It's like... Basically, it's the idea of a mineral or an, uh, uh, something that's needed that doesn't yet exist. Yeah. is what it's, So it's like, I have this really good idea for this new product, but it's not possible without this one piece. Well, that's your unobtainium then. Yeah. So doing the research and learning that, I was like, I don't know if that came before this movie or after this movie. I think it came before. Probably. Kind of makes sense to me then. Yeah, they, it's just... They don't just... really say what it's for. They just say it's expensive. It is just so... I know. It's like they could have come up with a better name, but the idea that that name exists in the real world in some capacity lets me back off it a little bit. Once again, it's that whole idea where uh, James Cameron does his research and he puts a lot of detail and love into all his products. That's why we don't question him. We just let him do his thing. Yeah. That's why every studio is like, what do you need? And he's like, a billion dollars. And they're like, here you go. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, so Jake's a terrible leader. Terrible leader. He's like, okay. hey, we're going to go fight. We're completely outmatched and you're all going to get <laughs> slaughtered, but follow me. Yeah. Let's not have a great uh, game plan. Game plan where it's like, yeah, we waited until they were in our area. So their like mechanisms don't we work. We didn't like guerrilla warfare them or but, anything where we hid. We just ran at them. Yeah. Yeah. Full force. Leader terrible leader holy crap use your area to your advantage also you have knowledge you work for them yeah how did you not have anything to bring to this fight yeah i mean he's like i gotta go get big bird then we fight terrible leader god i hate it i hate it so much (laughs) all right what's some of your other nits i got a few more uh the braid tentacle thing is just creepy just freaking creepy yeah well it's creepy because of what we the context we put on it yeah. To them, it's not creepy. Yeah, it's but, just yeah, it's still, creepy. the movement um, is just... Like, so, when they're in their avatar bodies... Yeah. Why the hell are they wearing human clothes? Don't you want to blend in? Don't you not want to be called out? Well, I think they're going to be called out anyway, because they have the five fingers instead of the four. And eyebrows. Really? Yeah. I didn't even notice Nateria that. Nateria and them don't have eyebrows. The real Navi. They mm-hmm. don't have eyebrows. They have like a, a hint of an eyebrow. Like there's a shadow there or something. Mm-hmm. But the actual avatars have like full on eyebrows. Mm. That's another bit I didn't notice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it bothers me. Like don't wear human clothes. And then like, if the Navi happen to see you, they'll just ignore you. And they'll be like, oh, you're you. probably from a different uh, group of people. Yeah, that's another nit that I have is where's all the other people? We learned that in Way of the Water, there's there's other tribes on this planet. Where the hell were they? We brought them in the end of the movie. I mean, some of them. They got to like 12 different tribes yeah, Where the and hell were them they in. with the rest of the movie, though? Why are they just letting stuff happen? Why not? Ridiculous. All right, what I else mean, technically, the, the people that we know are just letting shit happen, too. That's fair. What else you got? Yeah. Um, I have all the sky people are je- selfish. Literally every single one of them. Including, like, Grace, who we, we want to believe is, like there to help the people she's no she just wants to get her samples yep jake too he just wants legs yeah like every single one of of the sky people in this movie are just selfish pricks oh yeah Yeah. um what is the purpose of the avatars oh they used it so they could go out and study things just put a mask on go out and study things 
why do you have to be in an avatar? Yeah, I think it was just so that they could communicate, like, be one of their people, one of the I natives. I mean, you couldn't, you know the language and their customs, you've been studying them. You couldn't just walk up and start speaking and be like, yo, I'm friendly. And it's weird that all of the people that get an avatar are scientists only. Yeah. Like, Jake is the first marine to get one. Right, like, listen, you want them to move, why not send in a negotiator in an avatar body and tell them to get the hell out? Yeah, yeah, have a force of people that can actually go one-on-one with them. Yeah, the Avatar thing makes zero sense. What else you got? Uh, my other thing was that all c- characters are too cliche, but you already went over yeah. that with uh, um, doesn't hold up. <laughs> Natiri takes Jake home. Because the little seeds were like, yay! Yeah, but she saves him Yeah. before that. Because the little seed thing was like, hey, don't shoot him. Nah. It lands on her bow as she was going to kill him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dumb. I mean, that's just a sign of don't kill him. That's not a take him home to your parents and make him leader of your tribe. No. He, that was her saving him. She saved him. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until all of them all went on his him. body yeah, it's dumb. that she was like, come with me. Listen, it's dumb. I don't care if you try to rationalize it. It's dumb. It was rationalized. Dip pick. Dip pick. <laughs> dip pick. Not a dip pick. Nitpick. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Last nitpick that I have, though, is three months. Three months. He learned everything in three months. And are you serious? Yeah. And they have, they hook up on, like, the second day. Like, it's like third date hookup. Of, like, mating? Yeah. No, that is, like, after he gets his wings, basically. Yeah, it's like third day. No, that, it's not, time isn't portrayed well, but you can see that he has a, like, beard. Nah, now it's just three months is ridiculous what a stupid time frame to put on that oh yeah like give him a year to really infiltrate and like do some stuff mm-hmm. you're like hey you have three months or else we're just gonna go murder them all anyway well then what are you waiting for just go murder them all yeah if that's the end game just do it uh my last little nitpick mm-hmm. is what happens to the avatar body while jake wakes up in the real world it sleeps it just lays there and it- none of the navi are like what the hell is happening it sleeps that's yeah, weird. All of the Navi know who he is. Yeah, they all know he's like an avatar, but like nobody seems to like, except for Sute, seem to care. Yeah, they didn't really seem yeah, to care. Yeah, hate it. Because right. Awa chose him, clearly. Yeah, whatever, Awa. There, do do there, your research, Awa. There is a uh, fan theory out there yeah. that Awa actually brainwashes Jake into saving the planet. So that he he was all like, I'm going to complete my mission forever until he mind-melded with Awa. Mm-hmm. And there's a theory out there that she brainwashed him. Listen, whoever made that theory, you're wrong. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> defeats the whole purpose of the movie. Okay, on to questions. I actually don't have any. Questions. I got a few. Two, to be specific. Why did this movie make so much money? It was a gimmick movie. You had to this see much it. money. Yes, you this had to much? see it in the high quality, like three so D like, and who... IMAX, and those tickets cost more. Yeah, but do you think like so? Do you think people went and saw it in like regular, right, like standard, and then people were like, "Oh my god, that movie's so good in three D," and they were like, "Well, damn, now I gotta go see it in three D." Yes. And then people were like, "Oh my god, did you see it in IMAX?" And they were like, "Damn, now I gotta go see it in IMAX." Maybe people were just buying like three tickets to this movie just so they could see it in every aspect. 
I mean, we already know people who are having to see this movie, the new one, more than once because they weren't able to get into like IMAX or Stop Dolby. It. A movie's a movie. Just watch right it and away. enjoy it. Um, other question. Last question. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I have two questions. Two more questions. Oh, so you lie. They're kind of they're kind of together though. You they're lie. Like a, they're like a like a, a conjunction question. Was Fern Gully better? Yes. Was the Lorax better? Yes. Because we're all just, it's all the same story. <laughs> Did you actually know that you can see the Lorax in this movie? Well, the book Lorax in this movie. Yeah, somebody picks it up or something, right? Yeah, it's in the, like, flashback of the school scene. Yeah. Grace is seen uh, reading it yeah. to the kids. Um, <laughs> so basically, this movie's just three movies. It's Pocahontas, Ferngully, The Last Rainforest, and the Lorax. Yeah. Don't with nature. Got it. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, that's it. That's literally what I thought the first time I saw this movie. Because <laughs> Fern Gully is one of my favorite kids' movies, one of my favorite animated films mm-hmm. that doesn't get as much love as it should. But it's the idea of like in that movie, the guy shrinks down to become a little fairy, yeah, to hang out with them, and then has to be the white savior and protect their home. Yep, I see what you did, James Cameron. I see you. Um, all stealing right. from everyone. Stealing from everyone. How dare you? <laughs> But you made billions of dollars, so who cares? Yeah. All right. Uh, Google. Fun times with Google. Yes. I have a few. Okay. Uh, A lot of the sound effects were lifted straight from Jurassic Park. Oh, damn. That was mine, too. (laughs) (laughs) So the dire horse barks like the velociraptors, and the thanator makes like T-Rex sounds. Yeah, it's it's directly the noise. Yeah. They were just like, we have this sound file. Let's use it. Yeah. So well, some people say like they didn't like directly steal it, like they recreated it, but it sounds exactly no, it's the same, exact. They might have same. modified it slightly in post, but they basically had the file and they just used it. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even think those are the only two. I I heard it quite a few times. Yeah, there's in this probably movie. other ones. Those are just the two main easy ones to point out. Yeah. Um. Did you notice all animals are six limbed? Yes, I had that on there too. <laughs> and did you notice all flying creatures were four winged? Yeah. So that they felt similar. But also alien. Mm-hmm. I kind of really like that. Oh, yeah. That's kind of really cool. It adds an aspect to this movie where it's not like, oh, this would just look cool on this character. It's like, no, there's clearly an evolutionary reason why they have yeah. this many limbs. They, it's not just like one animal. It's all of them. Yeah. Um, James Cameron initially didn't want that. He was just going to go with four limbs. Hmm. Um, but he was like, well, maybe we should change it. Let, let's draw something up with six and let's see what it looks like. And the minute he saw it, he was like, that's it. Done. Yeah. Everything's got to have six. And then uh, originally the, the flying creatures were all going to have just regular wings. But after seeing the six limbs, he was like, we need to add something. Let's put little wings under the big wings. Oh, yeah. And that's like... It's such a neat detail. That's that brilliant mind, though. That I, This is why I don't question him. I, I've said it a hundred times in this podcast already. I don't question James Cameron. Because that's that brilliant mind of like, okay, we'll just do regular limbs. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Okay, everybody has to have six limbs so that it's, like you said, an evolutionary trait on this planet. And all the birds need to also have additional appendages as well. Yeah. Just, it's, most people don't, most filmmakers are like, who cares? Yeah. It looks, even if it has four legs, who cares? It looks way different than everything else. Does the dire horse have six limbs? Yes. It has two front legs That's on right. each side. That's right. So, mm-hmm. you know, most filmmakers would be like, it's blue and it looks weird. And mm-hmm. so who cares if it only has four legs? And Cameron's like, no, no, no. 
six. Yeah. So just really cool. What else you got? Uh, well, I only have one more now. Okay. All of Grace's cigarettes are actually CGI. They never once have a prop cigarette in that then movie. Then why add it? Uh, it is added simply because James Cameron wanted to make a statement about people who are constantly in video games and don't take care of their bodies. Got so it. that is why that character trait was given to her, where she spends most of her time in her avatar body, and as soon as she comes out, she damages her normal body by smoking. Got it. Okay. So Interesting. There was, there was a point to that characteristic, and yes, they are all CGI. Wow. Okay. Uh, what a thing to CGI in a movie. Yeah. But yeah, he I've, didn't I've, want I'm a sure single like one Weaver, on set. Yeah, I would say either Cameron or Weaver was like, I'm not actually going to smoke. Yeah, so, so she was pantomiming CGI. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Hey, she did a good job because oh, I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. Um. All right. Going into our uh, sizzling hot takes. Mine isn't hot, so I'm just... I don't have one. <laughs> Mine was just going to be like the movie is too white savior, but we've kind of already discussed yeah, that, at, uh, that a lot. Uh, my hot take, there is nothing special about Avatar. Yeah. I it guess my just, I guess my is. hot take would be just this was a gimmick movie and that's all. Yeah. It's not like incredibly informative. It's like, man, filmmaking prowess, top notch, 100%, A+. plus. Mm-hmm. Everything else, I don't care. Yeah. Whatever. There's nothing special about Avatar. In 2009, maybe. Maybe. But I I remember not even liking this movie in 09. Oh, yeah. But it was a, an event. But it was an event. You had to go see it. Yep. And I don't know why, because there's nothing special about Avatar. Um, all right. Let's get into our awards. Yeah. Most replayable scene. For me, it is the end battle when all the animals start to fight, too. That is. I don't my... like it because animals die. Yeah, well, they don't. You don't see as many die. Phantom dies in the end battle. Yeah, stabbed. To death. But that's because it was being ridden at that point. All yeah. of the like uh, purely nature animals, where they they aren't being ridden or being controlled in any way. I don't think we see like at yeah. many of them die, if any. Yeah. I'm, so I'm not... like the fact that Awa heard you. Yeah. Also, I, I love that Amy moment. Carey, don't uh don't give your advantage up. Don't scream that. Yeah. Let it just happen. Yeah. You just like kind of like, hey guys, uh if you didn't know creatures are gonna come get you now, run. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> what a dumb moment. What about you? But yeah, it's a cool end battle. Don't get me wrong. Um it's Jake learning to fly. Okay. It's like so gorgeous. Yeah. It's so gorgeous. I had a very close second, though. Mm-hmm. And mostly my, my re- most replayable scenes are what's the most gorgeous scenes. And it's where they apro- approach the floating islands. Okay. It's so pretty. Mm-hmm. Like, I could watch it again and again because I just want to pause it and look at fine details because they're there. And yeah. they're brilliant. Oh, yeah. And they look so good. Um. All right. So, new. We got two new awards for this movie. First new award is the best avatar creature. What's your favorite creature in Avatar? I'm gonna murder the name of it. Yeah. But it's the great Lenopertex. Okay. Or the the Torok. So the the flying creature that Jake the big, the big red bird. The big red bird. Jake uh flies on him the to make him the Torok Makto. 
he is he is really cool. I like the so, really good detail on him when you get up close. There's I was going to say, the, the reason why I chose this character is because no matter when you see him, he looks good. Especially yeah. when they do the close-ups, he has such good skin texture on him that it's just like, oh, you actually look real yeah. in this moment. I, I felt him, his weight, his presence, anytime he was on screen. His colorings. His oh, it's so pretty. And even they show like a skeleton head of him and yeah. i'm like oh that looks so scary <laughs> like this was a character well thought out and i know it's purposeful because it's like the main crux of the movie yeah. at that point but like i like this character and all that they did with it oh yeah i also really enjoy the moment where he's like this is the baddest cat in the sky so he wouldn't look up like i like that moment i wish we got to see him tame this character yeah, but, but like, like nobody else ever thought of that nah they're all afraid of him that's fair yeah, it would have been cool to see him get, tame him, like go yeah. on a wild ride of like getting flipped and thrown off and yeah. like all that stuff would have been cool. There is another little theory too uh, that the the Torok chose Jake way before this moment because when he goes to chase him and Natiri, he's only chasing Jake in that moment. So yeah. he because uh... they the first thing when they choose you is they will try to kill you. Okay. I have a theory. I yeah. just came up with it. Okay. When Jake tries to fly on the, what is it called? Torok? Yeah, Torok, yeah. Torok? He dies. And the rest of the movie is just him dying. That is just a main theory for, like, every movie <laughs> ever. Like, if it has anything extreme in it, they're like, uh, they died. That's the only way they win. Jake <laughs> died and he imagines Awa sending creatures. It's great. Yeah. great. All right, I can anyway. see it. <laughs> um, all right. My favorite creature in all of Avatar. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty easy to know, right? Like, you know what I'm going to say here. I think so, yeah. What am I going to say? I can't remember the name of the character, but it's the, like, dog thing that... It's the Thanator. Right? It's yeah. the Black Panther looking thing. Yeah. Thanator. It's so cool. Yeah. It's terrifying. It's all black. I, the little creatures, the little ones that attack Jake are just adorable. Like, I want to cuddle them. And yet them. so scary at the and same so time. so terrifying. Like... I don't care. I'll cuddle you anyway. They and give... then, like, the big one? Like, how is he not the most badass creature on this planet? My problem with that creature is he's, like, always shiny for some reason. Yeah. And I'm like... Everybody's shiny on this planet. Mm. Your, your he's big just bird so is egregious. shiny, too. He, he's just so egregious because he's matte black. He's black. Yeah. That's why. It's because he, he's, like, just all that black. But I Although I love the fact that his, like face flaps can like they pull back to to growl and yeah. then they can like go up when they're yeah. like i'm gonna attack you what's cool about there's him a lot of detail in is this he's character. not just a bird just yeah. saying he's got yeah. like levels got levels and i like that uh at the end he's like yo natiri get on yeah you're gonna get me killed but you know what screw it get okay. on. yo natiri let's go kill this dude let's go yeah. get him <laughs> yeah it's it's insane um but he's just a really cool design like, yeah so cool so cool yeah all right uh next award is another new award it's the abrasics award if you guys don't know what abrasics is uh balam abrasics is the character eddie redmayne plays in the movie jupiter ascending that no one saw i bring life yes oh god and this award <laughs> is for overacting. Yeah. and this is an award we might keep going forward because there's always somebody in every movie who just chews the scenery yeah do you have somebody? Uh, Who's I'm your not... award going to? Sute 
pretty much any time oh. before Jake becomes the Torokmakto. Wow. Like, he is super hard the entire time. And then Jake comes with the Torok, and he's like, ah, oh, crap. Okay, well, we'll be <laughs> friends now. Um, <laughs> wow, that's shocking. I didn't think any of the Navi. I thought he was a little much. <laughs> um, yeah, apparently. Um, I had two that immediately stood out. Okay. Second place, mm-hmm. Stephen Lang. As yeah. Colonel Miles Corich. Yeah. Dude, he chews that scenery so hard. I know, but he does it so well. So I know, that's why he's him. my two. Uh, number one, though, is Parker, played by Giovanni Rabisi. Yeah. Dude is just in a completely different movie. <laughs> and loving it. And loving it. He is just, I'm sorry, what are my lines? Oh, okay, cool. I'm going to say these three sentences over a five-minute period while I'm screaming and playing golf and just acting like the biggest asshole on the planet. And he chews that scenery like he hasn't eaten in a year. Yeah. He's like, wait, I get to be an a-hole in a movie. Mm-hmm. I'm so there. Oh, he's so down <laughs> for it. And he's so good at it. And I love it. Every time he's on screen, I'm just like, yeah, buddy. Give him more to do. Get that money. Yeah. Get that <laughs> You're paycheck. earning your paycheck. Get that paycheck, buddy. Uh, yeah. I love him in this movie. I love him so much. He was going to go into my holds up section, but I had to pull him so I could talk about him at this award because... <laughs> I love him in this movie. He's so, he's so funny and racist and like you hate him. Yeah. You hate him. But at the same time, you're like, I kind of get you. <laughs> I, you, you're, you totally don't work and are racist and horrible, but, but like you want to have you, a beer, but I <laughs> totally just want to watch you do this the yes. entire movie. Yes. Like exactly. I am, I am transfixed. Love it. Love yeah. it. Okay. Next up the Jar Jar Binks award. For the thing that held up the worst mm-hmm. in the movie. Mm-hmm. What do you got? The story. It is just so all over the place and so very cliche that I'm just like, ah, just show me more flying. <laughs> I just, I just show me more flying. Show me the pretty things. Yeah. Just show me. The, just, you guys are talking and I'm just looking at the background, looking at the pretty things. Um, yeah. That kind of goes hand in hand with my award. My award goes to the uninspired concept of this movie. Yeah, I think Cameron was just like, I'm going to make a really pretty movie where everything is CGI and motion capture and everything outside of that, he just didn't care about. Mm. So I just feel like it was a very uninspired conceptual movie. Yeah. So I don't know how we're going to visually represent that, these answers in the uh, YouTube video for this, but I can't wait to find out. <laughs> I, for me, I was just going to show our faces. <laughs> um all right and our last award is the good award of the night it is the paul rudd award Mm -hmm. for the thing in the movie that held up the best okay since its release yeah i have james cameron okay uh as a director his style's there he pushes the boundaries of filmmaking like this man just he doesn't miss whether you like the movie or not does not matter he doesn't miss as a director And it's why he doesn't have to make movie after movie after movie. He can take 13 years between. And as soon as he comes out with a new movie, we're all going to be fixed on it. Yeah. He just, and this is his like, what is it? Yeah. Tour de force is opus. Like, it's just, this is his thing. It's why he's revisiting it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this kind of filmmaker wouldn't revisit something he doesn't absolutely love. He's only ever revisited the Terminator. And Avatar now. Yeah. 
So clearly he's invested. And he's the best thing about this movie because no other filmmaker is giving us this movie. They're, they're just not. True. It's not a slight to any other filmmaker. I have a lot of favorite filmmakers. True. But no one's given us this movie except for him. Yeah. So Others have tried. Others have failed. Yeah. Russo brothers. <laughs> calling you out wow okay <laughs> wasn't gonna name any but all right <laughs> they tried they tried to do some stuff um well so, anyway my paul rudd award goes to the world building and design it is just so unique and so beautiful things just work and are extreme enough that we can be transfixed upon it but uh familiar enough that we don't get can understand it yeah yeah so I just, I think it did a really, really good job with that. And that's the part that holds up. That's why it has its own park, uh, part of a park at one yep. of the Disney parks. It's just so pretty. It, you're not wrong. That that was almost my answer. But I was like, I, I, I want to go something a little bit different. But again, yeah. without my Paul Rudd Award, your Paul Rudd Award doesn't exist. So I mean, without your Paul Rudd Award, none, none of this will exist. Yeah. This podcast doesn't exist. Yeah. But they kind of just go hand in hand, like he's he's a brilliant man yeah. who created a brilliant world yeah. that people are desperate to revisit yeah. so okay final thoughts start us out okay this movie is like we said beyond gorgeous really well thought out if it was just about this world i would be all for it however it lacks in story and characters the, the story is just bland. It's been done before many, 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 many times before. All the characters are cliche and most of them are boring. Like our main two characters, we just don't care about because they are boring. So I, for me, this movie was a gimmick movie where the great CGI at the time and the fact that it was made in like 3D and it was crazy, you had to see it in these high resolution because it was so amazing got this movie to to where people like it as it is but without all that it doesn't hold up like other movies have done the cgi done it almost better at this point so oh, the one thing in technology so yeah yeah so the main thing going for this movie has been outdone it's not good enough to stand on other merits wow okay okay um I'm not going to harp too much on the movie right now on my, on my final thoughts. I'm just going to say a few things. It, it, the story's basic. It's boring. We already talked about that. Mm -hmm. The world creation is stunning. It's brilliant. It's unlike anything I've seen on screen before um, in 2009 and 2022. It's got so much good going for it and so much bad at the same time. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I have no idea if it holds up. Would I watch this movie again? No. It's not a movie for me. I don't enjoy it. Yeah. But do I think it's a good, well-made movie? Yeah. It's good. It's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. I'm I'm split. I honestly, I don't know if if I was pushed, if I, if you said I have to have an answer or this podcast will never end and we will just sit here for the rest of our lives staring at nothingness yes i'd have to say it holds up really by the slimmest of margins really 51 49 not maybe not even that far apart maybe 50.1 to 49.9 percent 
it holds up. And I think it's mostly because James Cameron is a master filmmaker who pushes forward the technology. Sure, movies today look good, but like, let's be honest, there's some CGI in this movie that I would put up against Thanos anytime. Anytime. And there's some stuff in new movies like Avengers Endgame and Infinity War where I'm like, yo, that don't look good. Yeah. And if we're saying this movie is entirely based around its world building and the fact that it's a it's an event, it's something you have to see. I mean, people in 2022 should probably see it. Yeah, although it does not really merit multiple viewings because it's just it's too long it doesn't unless you take years apart like going into this i was like i don't really want to watch this movie again i've seen it but i didn't hate it i didn't hate watching it especially watching it at home is a lot easier when you can take breaks pause it come back to it dissect it a little more like it's gonna warrant some conversation is it gonna make my top movies of all time no it probably sits around 27 28 on my top 100 but slimmest of margins it holds up all right crazy because i hate this movie yeah i'm not a fan of it i don't enjoy watching it i actually don't mind watching it it's so funny it's so funny you you will watch it but it doesn't hold up i don't want to watch it but it does hold up yeah crazy yeah that's it was really hard to make that decision this time i just i have to stick with what i thought absolutely all right guys that's all we got for you on this episode If you like this episode, make sure to come check us out on all our socials. Uh, YouTube is just, does it hold up? Come find us. Uh, We put up daily fun facts about movies, things you may know, things you may not know, stuff you missed. It's a good time. We also have an Instagram, uh, at does it hold up one three. We do stuff on there too. Not as much though. So if you don't want to follow (laughs) us there, that's fine. Uh, We have a TikTok. We're active on that every day as well. It's does it hold up with an underscore between each word. We also have a Twitter. We try to be active on that. Um, so the more interactions we get, the more active we will become on there. It's does it hold up one three. We have a Facebook page. Does it hold up? Probably our least used social media is the Facebook page, but you can still find stuff on there. You can find this podcast on there as well. Um, just ways that you can reach us. You can also email us at does it hold up one three at gmail.com so if you have ideas of like what movies you want or you're like hey the comment section on youtube will not let me put this two-page comment email us email us your thoughts we're cool with that too yeah um but that's it anything else you want to say before we wrap up no i'm i'm apprehensive about seeing the new one but definitely come back and check out our uh, review well, yeah we'll have coming a review, on youtube um sometime this weekend uh reviews are only on youtube mm-hmm. uh you can't find them anywhere else so make sure you come like and subscribe our channel on youtube it's just at does it hold up yeah it's always a review under five minutes so yeah, it's we always try to do quick worth reviews i don't want to have you guys sit there for 20 minutes and spoil a bunch of stuff so it's just we try to do between like two and four minutes of spoiler free spoiler free um sometimes you know we'll do spoiler movies spoiler reviews if there's more stuff to talk about but we try to be uh make it easy for you guys uh <laughs> let you know if you it's something that you should see or not mm-hmm. all right that's it that's all i got yeah all right you Good. know holiday season 
go check out Avatar this weekend. Let us know what you thought about it. Check out our stuff on YouTube. And in the meantime, keep watching movies. Bye.